Section 49 of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philip Watson. The World Story, Volume 8. Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. Edited by Eva March Tappen. Section 49. How King Rorik Regained the Tribute by Saxo Grammaticus When Prince Rorik first came to the throne, the subject tribes, Curlanders, Swedes, and Slavs, thought it a favorable time to refuse to pay their regular tribute. They planned a rebellion, brought together their forces, and made ready to attack the young ruler, the editor. Now among them, the Slavs, there was a man of remarkable stature, a wizard by calling, he, when he beheld the squadrons of the Danes, said, Suffer a private combat to forestall a public slaughter, so that the danger of many may be bought off at the cost of a few. And if any of you shall take heart to fight it out with me, I will not flinch from these terms of conflict. But first of all I demand that you accept the terms I prescribe, the form whereof I have devised as follows. If I conquer... Let freedom be granted as from taxes. If I am conquered, let the tribute be paid you as of old. For today I will either free my country from the yoke of slavery by my victory, or bind her under it by my defeat. Accept me as the surety and pledge for either issue. One of the Danes, whose spirit was stouter than his strength, heard this and proceeded to ask Rorik what would be the reward for the man who met the challenger in combat. Rorik chanced to have six bracelets which were so intertwined that they could not be parted from one another, the chain of knots being inextricably laced, and he promised them as a reward for the man who would venture on the combat. But the youth, who doubted his fortune, said, Rorik, if I prove successful, let thy generosity award the prize of the conqueror, do thou decide and allot the palm. But if my enterprise go little to my liking, what prize canst thou owe to the beaten, who will be wrapped either in cruel death or in bitter shame? These things commonly go with feebleness. These are the wages of the defeated, for whom naught remains but utter infamy. What guerdon must be paid? What thanks offered to him who lacks the prize of courage? Who has ever garlanded with ivy the weakling in war, or decked him with the conqueror's wage? Valor wins the prize, not sloth and failure lacks renown for one is followed by triumph and honour the other by an unsightly life or by a stagnant end i who know not which way the issue of this duel inclines dare not boldly anticipate that as a reward of which i know not whether it is rightly mine for one whose victory is doubtful may not seize the assured reward of the victor i forbear while i am not sure of the date to claim firmly the title to the wreath I refuse the gain which may be the wages of my death as much as of my life. It is folly to lay hands on the fruit before it is ripe, and to be fain to pluck that which one is not yet sure is one's due. This hand shall win me the prize, or death. Having thus spoken, he smote the barbarian with his sword. But his fortune was tardier than his spirit, for the other smote him back, and he fell dead under the force of the first blow 
thus he was a sorry sight unto the danes but the slavs granted their triumphant comrade a great procession and received him with splendid dances on the morrow the same man whether he was elated with the good fortune of his late victory or was fired with the wish to win another came close to the enemy and set to girding at them in the words of his former challenge for supposing that he had laid low the bravest of the danes he did not think that any of them would have any heart left to fight further with him upon his challenge also trusting that now one champion had fallen he had shattered the strength of the whole army he thought that naught would be hard to achieve upon which his later endeavours were bent so rorik was vexed that the general courage should be sapped by the impudence of one man and that the danes with their roll of victories should be met presumptuously by those whom they had beaten of old nay should be ignominiously spurned further that in all that host not one man should be found so quick of spirit or so vigorous of arm that he longed to sacrifice his life for his country it was the high-hearted ube who first wiped off this infamous reproach upon the hesitating danes for he was of great bodily strength and powerful in incantations he also purposely asked the prize of the combat and the king promised him the bracelets then said he how can i trust the promise when thou keepest the pledge in thine own hands and dost not deposit the gift in the charge of another let there be some one to whom thou canst entrust the pledge that thou mayest not be able to take thy promise back for the courage of the champion is kindled by the irrevocable certainty of the prize of course it was plain that he said this in jest sheer courage had armed him to repel the insult to his country but rorik thought he was tempted by avarice and was loath to seem as if contrary to royal fashion he meant to take back the gift or revoke his promise so being stationed on his vessel he resolved to shake off the bracelets and with a mighty swing send them to the asker but his attempt was balked by the width of the gap between them for the bracelets fell short of the intended spot the impulse being too faint and slack and were reft away by the waters for this the nickname of slingebond swing bracelet clung to rorik but this event testified much to the valour of ube for the loss of his drowned prize never turned his mind from his bold venture he would not seem to let his courage be tempted by the wages of covetousness so he eagerly went to fight showing that he was a seeker of honour and not the slave of lucre and that he set bravery before lust of pelt and intent to prove that his confidence was based not on hire but on his own great soul not a moment is lost a ring is made the course is thronged with soldiers the champions engage a den arises the crowd of onlookers shout in discord each backing his own and so the valour of the champions blazes to white heat falling dead under the wounds dwelt by one another they end together the combat and their lives i think that it was a provision of fortune that neither of them should reap joy and honour by the other's death this event won back to rorik the hearts of the insurgents and regained him the tribute end of section forty nine this recording is in the public domain